Welcome to Visma Ski Classics podcast, Livinio to Levin. Visma Ski Classics is the long distance ski championships with 12 pro tour events and 35 pro teams, bringing professional and recreational skiers together. We will analyze the events on the tour, portray the legends of the sport, and help you to become a better skier. Hello folks, once again it is time for an exciting and thrilling episode of Livigno to Levy. And we continue with the events and more precisely with the Grand Classics, that great new initiative that is going to uh, get started next winter. And I have uh, the business director from the Serska Badesatka, David Doza. It's great to have you on our show, David. How are you doing? Uh, thank you for an invitation. Uh, hi to everyone, to all listeners. Uh, I'm really happy to be part of it. Interesting times we're living in right now. Of course, uh, the winter's way behind us, uh, but you guys had a pretty great race. I mean, everything worked out pretty well after all the troubles you went through. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's been a really very thrilling race this year uh, because, uh, as uh, you might know, we had no snow until Wednesday in the race week. Uh, then we received about 30 to 40 centimeters of snow. Everything went fine. Uh, the weather was great and also the temperature was very friendly uh, to, for, for, for skiing. And then, uh, then Hurricane Sabine came uh, towards the end uh, of the event on Sunday evening. So the timing was just perfect, we can say. Wasn't that like the first time in like since uh, 2013 that you guys had, or we had sunshine uh, during the race? Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, we were really happy that after some seven years, uh, the uh, Yezerske Mountains, Yezerske Hori, uh, show us uh, a, a sunny face. And I think that uh, all of the skiers uh, enjoyed it. It was extremely good that it was such weather, especially after 2019, where the conditions were uh, extremely challenging for the, for the skiers with temperatures uh, around zero. So is that quite typical of your region that you don't see that much sun or has it only just been bad luck uh, for you guys? Uh, I would say that in general, it's like 50-50 uh, if you take the winter days, they're like 50% sunny, 50% cloudy. Uh, but uh, we were uh, really, we had a bad luck uh, with uh, timing in the last uh, six or seven years, uh, cloudy weather. But it was indeed much better uh, this time around. It's a great race. And you guys grown a lot. I mean, when you started, it's a long, you have a long history behind you. But uh, lately, we can really see how much Iserska has become an international, really big event, kind of like a folk fest, if, uh, a festival, if you could uh, call it that way. Uh, yes, definitely. I do agree. Uh, when we started to work uh, with our company, Raul, on Yezerska, uh, it was back in uh, 26. Uh, just uh, an interesting uh, thing is that uh, the first year we, start, uh, we started at Yezerska, there was no snow. There were uh, flowers blooming in the stadium where there was supposed to be like uh, 50 centimeters of snow. So we are not lucky. But after that, it started to run quite well. 
the, uh, the first year we had around 3,500 participants, uh, and in the in the last event it was more than eight. Uh, in 2020, it was more than 8,000 participants. So, uh, but it's not just the numbers that we uh, see uh, changes. Uh, it's also, as you mentioned, the festival. But uh, maybe we will uh, talk about it uh, later into more detail. Yes, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But let's go back in history. I mean, of course, Yiselska Peresatka has a long, long history and it started uh, pretty much in the late 60s, correct? But can you shed a little bit of light on the long uh, journey of your event? Yeah, the first edition of uh, Yiselska took place in 1968, uh, which was also uh, a breakthrough year for uh, once Czechoslovakia. Uh, because, uh, as uh, someone might know, Czechoslovakia was occupied by the Soviet forces in 1968. Uh, but before that, uh, first Izerska took place uh, with uh, 52 participants. Uh, the idea uh, rose in, uh, in a pub uh, uh, while having a beer, uh, as many good ideas in the Czech Republic. And they were sitting a bunch of mountain climbers from uh, Liberec. And they were betting who of them will be faster on a trek uh, from Bedřichov to Jezerka and back. And uh, that, that was probably the, the, the main reason why the first edition of Jezerska in 1968 uh, took place. And then um, uh, there was the game year 1970 when uh, 15 out of those uh, mountaineers uh, wanted to go on an expedition. They uh, originally intended to go to Aljaška. Uh, to climb the highest mountain there, uh, but uh, they didn't get uh, permission by the government uh, because it was two years after the occupation by Soviet forces. And, uh, of course, the officials, they were afraid that they will emigrate and it will not uh, throw a good light on, uh, on the socialist regime that uh, we were all suffering uh, under those days. And uh, so they had to change their plan plans and went to Peru to climb Huascaran. Uh, um, and uh, uh, there was a bad luck because uh, when they were climbing up, uh, a huge earthquake struck all Peruvian region uh, and also the surrounding countries. And um, sadly, all 15 mountaineers perished under uh, a stone avalanche. Uh, but it was not only a tragedy for a Czech uh, mountain climbing uh, movement, but also for the whole the region, because there were like uh, 75,000 deaths uh, uh, because of the of the earthquake. But uh, as we say in the in the Czech Republic, all bad things are good for something. Uh, this uh, really boosted Izerska, and in uh, in the in the early 70s, the race grown from a regional race uh, for the climbers. Uh, to a race for maybe six or seven thousand uh, participants, and it uh, got, got very famous. Uh, then Izerska, after after the change, after the fall of communism in 1989, uh, experienced some uh, bad years uh, because uh, people had some a different uh, interest than uh, than running Izerska, and the numbers dropped to maybe 1,500, and then. It slowly grown until the the, twin, uh, the the 2005, 2010, and uh, then it boosted a lot to the numbers that we experience now. And it grow, it has grown from uh, not just a sporting event, but into a, a sport and culture and art festival. We can say. Speaking of those expeditioners, right now you guys are actually honoring those 15 uh, perished uh, ones uh, by not giving out the first. 15 bips, correct? 
Yes, exactly. The first 15 babes are dedicated to the 15 climbers, and uh, they uh, the, their babes hang at the stadium all year round. And the elite uh, numbers they start from uh, number 16 and on. But this is not the only way we honored uh, the expedition because Holy Zerska since 1970 is run uh, like as a as a 1971 to be precise uh, is run as a memorial of a Peru expedition. For example, this year each participant wore one random number of one of the mountain climbers on on, on its on, on his or her uh, starting bib as it was uh, 50 years anniversary this year uh, all participants got a commemorative uh, medal made by Czech Mint which is a company stationed in uh, Jablonec which is about uh, 15 minutes of drive from uh, Bedřichov so it's a pretty local company but it's interesting that this local company is producing uh, the coins for uh, Czech rounds for currency. So we are all in Czech Republic paying with the uh, products of this uh, Czech mint. And also all participants got this uh, very special medal to, uh, to commemorate the 50 years anniversary. And design was uh, made by a very famous Czech uh, uh, artist, uh, Czech sculpture. So besides this great history that you guys have and the festivities we talked about, what other factors could play into the, uh, the success of your event? Why is Iserska so popular nowadays? Um, I think it's uh, popular because of the trek, which is uh, very, uh, very funny. You know, it's not, uh, it's not uh, a flat one. Uh, there is, uh, you, you climb uh, close to 1,000 meters. Uh, the environment changes a lot, which of course causes problems uh, with uh, waxing because there are usually different conditions in the lower parts of the track than uh, on the on the top of the mountains. Um, and there are uh, you run you run through the forest, then you run through the plains, uh, and it changes a lot, and it, it's funny. Then I think uh, important is also the service for for uh, the the participants because we. Uh, really focus on, a, on an excellent service, not only for the top skiers, but also for the very last skier that runs the track. And this is also important with uh, the friendly uh, friendly refreshment stations with uh, local specialties uh, where uh, the people, the last thousand participants, they usually stop for 10 or 20 minutes and chat with the, with the organizers and uh, really enjoy the atmosphere. Um, and then I think that uh, for uh, for skiers from abroad, it's also very interesting to uh, discover uh, uh, the Liberec, which is uh, the regional center. And it's about 20 minutes of drive from Bedřichov and Liberec is uh, stuffed with uh, historical architecture and also with modern architecture. And it offers variety of uh, opportunities to uh, enjoy the culinary specialties uh, of uh, Czech Republic and also the beer, which is uh, probably one of the uh, most famous products of uh, the Czech Republic. Uh, it is also very close to Prague, which is an uh, important factor in terms of Czech skiers, but also foreign skiers, because in Prague there is an international airport. And if you sit on a car at the international airport, it takes like one hour and 20 minutes of drive to reach uh, Benzichov, the very center, the very heart of uh, of uh, Izerské hory. And uh, Prague is also uh, a great starting point to discover other interesting parts of the Czech Republic. And there, there are many of them. So it's pretty convenient for uh, international, for foreign uh, racers to come over uh, 
because they can take a couple of days off uh, at Prague uh, or in Prague and then come over to your place or vice versa. So that's a very convenient the logistics of your uh, event. Yes, definitely. That's what we recommend uh, to the skiers who come from abroad uh, to not just uh, take holidays for the three days of Izerska, but to also plan some trips and uh, try to discover the Czech Republic uh, a little bit more than just the Liberec region. Speaking of the history of your events and the races, as you mentioned, you've been a little bit of a unlucky in terms of the weather and so forth. But if you go back in history, your history, uh, when you've been involved with the with Izerska, What could be the greatest memories that you have, the greatest events or most memorable ones that you have personally? Well, it's not easy to choose uh, one or a few uh, few interesting things. Uh, I've been with Izerska since uh, uh, 2009. Uh, and since then, I've experienced like three or four years where we had, uh, had to uh, struggle with snow. Uh, but the strongest moment for me at each and every Zerska is when the last skier uh, reaches the, the finish line. Uh, and we know that uh, we have all uh, skiers uh, safe and sound in the, in the finish. And uh, also uh, all the all-year-round all preparation ends with, uh, with this very moment. And we can take uh, one or two days off and start to work in, uh, on the next edition of uh, Zerska. Um, if you if if you want some uh, some uh, really uh, tricky parts of, uh, of uh, the organization, I think that one of the hottest moments for me uh, was connected with ski classics. Uh, when uh, one year, I think it's like a couple of years ago, five or six, uh, we had an uh, we had a struggle with the, with the airplane that is transmitting the signal from all the track. Uh, that was supposed to fly uh, above uh, the Izerské hory on Saturday, a day before the race. But when it rolled on a runway, uh, they found out that one engine is not working and it was all fitted with uh, the arrays for, uh, for for the signal transmission. And we, uh, or basically Ski Classics organization, has to look for a, a replacement uh, airplane. And uh, you were successful in that, uh, luckily. And the plane came above the Izerské hory uh, about 10 minutes before the, the race without any rehearsals, uh, any tries, and it all worked. And all the, the, the viewers, the TV viewers, they, uh, they did not recognize that anything was going on. This, this was probably the most memorable moment for me in terms of uh, cooperation with Ski Classics. There are always many stories, action-filled stories, but let's listen to uh, the CEO of Visma Ski Classics, uh, David Nielsen, and find out what he remembers, what is his most memorable uh, race, and also what he thinks about your event. Isarska Padesatka, or where Padesatka in, in Czech language means 50, so it's Isarska 50 is the second race in the Grand Classics where Marcel Onga is held two weeks before. We are extremely impressed from, from Ismaski Classics point of view to see how, how much they have improved the, the race. Now, I would say Jesarska Padesatka is maybe the role model for, for all the events in the Pro Tour, how to actually organize a, a, an event and get this international event feeling around the, the finish area with a course that is very quite tough course but still uh, doable for everyone i would say the 
Jesarska atmosphere has a long tradition and history, which make uh, kind of sippers through the the concept. But I remember that year when when they had a lot of trouble with snow because being so warm nights as well. So they've been making quite little snow, three and a half k. And we talked about different scenarios, and then we came to the conclusion that uh, why not do it then. 15 laps because of these 15 um, mountaineers actually that died. So we did 10.5k, 15 laps, and it was a madness. It was a lot of crowd because they always have a great atmosphere and a lot of people watching with cowbells, with sounds, screams around the track. But if you left a person, you they had to step aside. That's all the rules we had to do because it was so narrow. So we had to, to stick to those rules. Otherwise, it could have been hazardous in the downhills. So, and Petter was was on a different planet. He, he could have basically stepped everyone else aside, being alone, lapped everyone else in a race. So luckily for the other ones, it was maybe two laps too short. If we had done 17, maybe 18 laps, then Petter would be alone on the track. That would that race and the performance by Petr Eliasson, I, I will always remember. This year was great. You have a long history, but of course we are now looking into the next season. Anything special taking place come the winter 2021? Uh, I think that the main issue for us, there are two main issues actually right now, but uh, used to be just one. <laughs> Uh, is always the struggle against the climate change uh, and uh, due to that a lack of snow, uh, which we all experience in all Europe. Uh, this winter was especially tragical also in the Scandinavia, I know, where there, were, there used to be uh, plenty of snow. So we are working hard on, um, on improving our artificial snow producing system. Um, we had uh, new pumps and uh, new, new um, tubes uh, since this winter, um, which enables us to cover with artificial snow the first uh, three kilometers of the track that are used that, that uh, are the lowest ones, and uh, in terms of uh, the sea level, uh, and uh, this and that are usually the worst problems with snow. Um, we are also uh, developing. Uh, uh, a system for snow uh, snow farming or uh, snow deposits, we can say, so that we can keep uh, some uh, snow uh, from the winter before or from the same winter if there is some uh, if the winter starts with the snowy weather uh, and then there is a dry period, uh, so that we can we have some snow stored in the piles and uh, then use it for the for the trek. And then of of course. Uh, uh, the other issue uh, that that we will struggle to the first year is COVID, as all uh, coronavirus, as, uh, as probably everyone knows, uh, because right now the situation in the Czech Republic uh, is very well. Uh, Czech government reacted very quickly and imposed really strict uh, countermeasures. Uh, we were locked up in in our homes for maybe two months, uh, but it resulted in a very low number of infected people. Right now, there is uh, there has been around just twelve thousand infected people uh, during all the period from uh, the first of March when the the the, the uh, deceased uh, arrived to Czech Republic. Uh, but uh, we are in a in a very tight contact with the uh, officials uh, responsible for the epidemic control in the Czech Republic, and they all presume that it may come back again very very quickly. 
uh, and those countermeasures will be again imposed on the Czech Republic. And we have developed some system how to deal with it if there are limitations for the maximum number of participants at one place. Right now it's 1,000. And we also organize summer races with uh, close to 3,000 participants. And uh, we have a system how to make this work. So uh, it will, this experience from summer will definitely help us if needed also in the coming winter. So we are positive, but we have to be really aware of the situation and have a very good plan for, uh, for, the, for the winter event. Um, in terms of uh, midterm, plans let's say uh because uh, that we we, uh, we are planning some new races maybe uh we are thinking about uh, uh, a short uh free technique race about 15 kilometers uh we are because of uh because of the fact that there are seven races in three days right now there are also capacity problems uh, because there are races uh, going on at the same time so we are also thinking about uh developing the event into more than three days, uh, either two weekends or maybe a week as uh, Vasalopet does it, for instance. But uh, these plans are on hold right now because we really need enough uh, capacity and focus uh, on the on the previously mentioned uh, topics like uh, the, the snow producing and, uh, and coronavirus struggle. Well, you certainly have some hefty goals. That sounds like you are creating a winter festival uh, over there. But it, I think it's very comfort, comforting to hear that you guys are getting ready and prepared for, for the next season. Because we all know what's going on in the world right now. And nobody knows uh, you know, what's going to happen in the future. But can you shed a little bit of light on those plans? Because I think lots of people listening to this, uh, thinking about coming over, would be really happy to hear that you guys are prepared and most likely will be able to do or carry out with the, with the uh, event, no matter what happens. Okay, uh, the, the main thing is, the, is uh, starting in the blocks, uh, which is usual at Jerska, but uh, if we want to meet uh, the conditions uh, because of the coronavirus, then we have to really separate those blocks uh, one from each other and to ensure that the people are not meeting, that there is social distance between the, between the blocks. Um, and it's, uh, it, it includes the, uh, the special changing rooms, uh, special toilets, uh, special feeding stations uh, and other measures at the feeding stations. Like, and also it includes wearing masks, not during the race, of course, that, that would be probably impossible to race in a mask, but uh, before and after, after the race. All the staff, uh, they're wearing gloves, uh, hygienic gloves and, uh, and masks. Uh, that everywhere uh, there is, uh, there is a, a disinfection uh, beating coronavirus uh, disposed uh, uh, everywhere for everyone. Um, yeah, and those are, there's, there's about 20 different measures. I don't want to name all of them, but uh, those, are the, those that I mentioned are the, uh, are the main ones. And speaking of blocking, you are uh, at least familiar with that. As David said earlier, that one of his uh, sort of greatest uh, memories is they're the one when when you did when you had the race that was looping. We yeah. had so many loops, and you had and at that time, if I remember correctly, the event took place over the weekend. So you have so many different blocks, uh, people racing in in small groups uh, throughout the weekend. Oh, yes, exactly. It, uh, it is usually a three-day event starting from Friday and uh, ending on Sunday. 
but uh, in 2016 uh, with the with the loop loops events event let's say uh, it was uh, we started on friday at nine o'clock and uh, finished on sunday at, at around uh, five or six uh, in the evening uh, and there was there was just a few hours break during the night uh, between friday and uh, saturday and uh, saturday and sunday and uh, there was like a constant uh, stream of skiers running through uh, the Izerske uh, Hori. Uh, there was a four kilometers uh, loops only, so it was really tough, but uh, but we made it. Yeah. Uh, but the important is uh, to say that if the coronavirus uh, strikes us in the term, uh, in in the date of Izerska, we are not planning short loops. We are planning definitely the 50k and 25k, 30k, and all the distances that are originally planned. Uh, they they uh, they should remain. That is good to hear, and I do remember that that event as well because I was commentating it, and I was a bit skeptical, but it worked out pretty well. Of course, it's not ideal for a long distance race, but I think that's a little bit of the future. We have to look into all kinds of options, and we'll see what's going to happen. Of course, but. David, let's talk about yourself, a little bit of your history. We talked about your event, you know, the history that it has, but who are you really? And how did you become involved with this great organization? Well, it's quite an interesting story because I, I come up from a sport family. Uh, both of uh, my parents uh, were uh, Czech Olympians in basketball, not in cross-country skiing. Uh, my father is a triple Olympian, so he, he started in uh, in Munich and uh, last Olympics were in Moscow in 1980. Uh, so I grown up in the sport environment from the very beginning. And sport is uh, I can't imagine my life without sport. Uh, I also used to play basketball, but when I turned 30, I decided to to quit because I had some knee problems and uh, ankle problems, etc. And uh, during my active career in, in basketball, I managed to graduate from the University of Economics in Prague. And I decided to uh, redirect my career or find my second career uh, when I turned 30. I started to work with my uh, friend from childhood who had an agency representing basketball players. And also uh, he uh, worked uh, on an event management or event marketing for big clients in, in the Czech Republic. And he was also a sport fanatic. And uh, then the, uh, it was 2007, and in 2008, 2009, a crisis came. Uh, and we met somewhere in uh, with uh, Marek Tesar, who also had an agency, uh, which was part of Ogilvy, you know, a big, uh, biggest communication agency in the Czech Republic. And he was just as fanatic about sports as we were. And it was uh, a really quick chat and quick agreement, and we, we decided to merge with uh, with this company uh, with with Raul. And I started to work uh, at Izerska uh, as, a, as a as a manager, and uh, it was 2009, as I mentioned. And since since then, I'm growing in the organization, and also the organization is growing. When I started to work at Izerska, the marketing marketing was done by a team by of, of maybe four or five people. Right now, uh, the team is maybe twice as big because we are doing much more activities. And yeah, that, that's this that's my way to uh, to Izerska. And I have to say that the the what I love especially about Izerska is the is the freedom uh, that you have when you are working on this event. You just decide to make uh, a change at the event, and it can happen just next year. 
uh, it's uh, it's a real big difference compared to uh, sports association like uh, the hockey association, football, football, Czech football association, etc. Uh, but there are different bodies, you know, and every change uh, takes a lot of politics to 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 make it happen. Uh, and also, uh, I love uh, the work we are doing, which is not easy uh, because of the things that we have mentioned, the lack of snow and uh, the other challenges that we are facing. But uh, somehow we managed to come over it, and uh, and the event is growing, and it's really it's really nice to see that uh, the skiers are enjoying it. Does your company Raul serve other clients than Yserska at the moment? Uh, yes, there are a couple other sports projects. We are only focusing on sports marketing, sports management. Uh, we're not doing you know regular uh, marketing clients. Um, the other events that we are doing is uh, the, the the second biggest after Izerska is uh, is called Biehe Lesi in the Czech Republic in, in the in Czech uh, in English it's Run the Forest and it's trail running series of eight events during the summer starting in April usually and this year we have to start early uh, later and uh, finishing in uh, in uh, September and uh, there are around fifteen thousand participants uh, throughout all the year. Uh, of the season, uh, this is uh, really, uh, really fun to make uh, make this event. Then we have another traditional event, even more traditional than Izerska. It's called Primatorki, and it's a rowing regatta in the very center of Prague uh, that has a tradition since uh, 1910. So we will have 110 anniversary this year. It's uh, it's really traditional uh, sport. Uh, and it's an event. It's one. It's the only event that we have. Uh, it's not for hobby uh, uh, sportsmen, hobby athletes, because uh, you have to have some skills in order to sit in the boat and row and not to fall in the water uh, in, in the next moment. Uh, so, but the event is quite big. There is like uh, twelve hundred, thirteen hundred participants, which is compared to the world championship uh, with in, in rowing. It's the same number, uh, about the same number. Uh, then, then we uh, do ski tour, which is uh, a series of races, including Izerska Parisatka. Izerska Parisatka, of course, is the biggest event of ski tour, but there are five other um, in all the different regions uh, of the Czech Republic, uh, and uh, they are not that international as uh, Izerska Parisatka, but uh, the number of international skiers uh, is growing year by year. Also, also at the smallest events, especially the Germans and the Polish, who has it uh, very close uh, from their countries, they, they are coming to the events. And I would uh, like to invite uh, all the listeners to, to this uh, regional event because they have a special atmosphere. They are uh, professionally organized, just as Izerska Parisatka, but has a more uh, family um, atmosphere, let's say. Then we do... Beach volleyball. Uh, it's a World Cup in beach volleyball. In uh, four, it's a four-star event. The maximum is five, and uh, this has had to be cancelled uh, this year, sadly because of coronavirus. The FIVB cancelled the event. Uh, interesting thing in this event is that it takes place in Ostrava, which is uh, a former industrial city, really the, the toughest style, toughest industrial style that you can imagine. And uh, the, the event takes place uh, in uh, former ironworks. So uh, amidst the iron rusty tubes and constructions and everything, and it has a completely different scent from what you see at the other events because mostly it's done on a beach or some stadium, etc. 
And um, I have to say that it's been announced uh, just the Cizerska Parisatka is one of the top four events in the series last year. Uh, the uh, the athletes they love it because it's completely different from what they are used to, uh, and it's also an interesting event. That's that's about uh, that's about the main things that we that we do in sports. Well, I mean, gosh, I mean, it's it sounds to me that you guys are so busy. I'm mean, just holding my breath here. <laughs> You're like, I mean, how how big is your company? I mean, you can't do that <laughs> by yourself. Well, no, 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 definitely. The company, uh, the core of the company is about 20 uh, of people. But of course, there are many external uh, uh, co-workers uh, that, uh, that work with us uh, during the events or months before the events. Uh, so if you come together... It's maybe 100 people, you know, that uh, are every year rotating through Raul and uh, working on this and that. Wow, that is really exciting. You mentioned the the volley- volleyball being one of the uh, the greatest uh, in its own uh, area, but also your uh, the skiing event, Jeserska, uh, got nominated and then won as the uh, the best uh, event of the year in uh, Visma Ski Classics. That must have been a title that you were pretty happy to to get. Yeah, definitely. It was, uh, we were extremely happy to beat our friends from Vasa Lopet and Marcelonga, etc., etc., for the very first time in history. Um, yeah, we were we were really thrilled with that, just as we are thrilled with being part of uh, the Grand Classics. Which is a now good segue for us to go back to your race and talk about the kind of the festivities, the, the, the atmosphere that you have. We talked about the history now and the race and the course a little bit, but the atmosphere. Yeah, Please yeah. describe it to the people that, that don't really know about it. Yeah, I have to say that the sports side is very important to us. Uh, and we have a stable, uh, and it, it, it has a stable quality. We ha- Our team does an excellent work in terms of, uh, in terms of the sports side. Uh, of course, there are always space, uh, there's always space for improvement. Uh, um, but... Uh, just as important as the sport side is uh, for us the atmosphere side because uh, it altogether creates the experience uh, that the people are, are bringing from uh, Izerska. Uh, so we are more or less trying to make Izerska as a festival sport and art or sport and culture. Uh, to, to name the few things that we are uh, doing aside of the sport is that uh, three years ago uh, or four years ago, at the, at the occasion of uh, 50th anniversary of Izerska Parisatka, uh, which means 50 in English, Parisatka, uh, we addressed the top 10 Czech artists to create an art piece inspired by Izerska. We, we were quite um, hesitant to, uh, to their answer, but all 10 of them, they were uh, enthusiastic about the idea, and they created not just one, but all together, 70 art pieces or more than 70 art pieces inspired by cross-country skiing and uh, by Serska Parisatka. And those were paintings and also sculptures and also big, uh, big uh, frame uh, uh, sculptures about five, meter, uh, five meters high. And um, yeah, so th- we were really happy about it. And in the end, it was not just those 10 artists that we addressed, but uh, there were three other who were addressed by the 10 addressed uh, artists. So in, in total, it was 13, uh, 13 artists that uh, created those artworks. We had an exhibition in the most prestigious uh, gallery uh, in the very center of Prague uh, before the next event after Izerska Parisatka. 
and then we brought the exhibition also to Liberec uh, to to show it to the participants of the 51st Dizerska. That's one thing. So, yeah, yeah. So, it seems to me that you guys are combining arts and sports. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at the occasion of the 50th anniversary, we also created a, a special book uh, which contained 50 stories of Dizerska uh, Parisatka, not just the participants, but uh, also of the organizers, TV producers, officials, also celebrities. So those are like 50 different angles of view on Dizerska Parisatka accompanied with... Uh, historical pictures uh, where most of them were not published yet so it was uh, very interesting we went really deep into the archives uh, or the private archives of the of, uh, of the participants then we have some event then we have one event that uh, uh, is uh, every year and that's the concert in liberets in the regional center at the main square in the very center of liberets uh, we always invite um, a band that uh, that is one of the top bands in the in in the Czech Republic. One year we had uh, a band called Tata Boys the, in Czech, uh, and we addressed them about a half a year ago, uh, not a half a year ago, but about a half uh, a year before Izerska. And uh, they also they uh, created an anthem for Izerska, so, so it, it's played during the start. And they also played at this concert, and this concert uh, every year fills up a whole the main square in Liberec. So it's about five or six thousand uh, people uh, watching uh, watch, uh, watching the uh, the festival, the, the the concert. You know, maybe we can also consider it art. But all finishers uh, they uh, receive um, a medal made out of. Uh, Czech crystal glass, Czech crystal glass. This metal is really solid. It weighs uh, 0.4 kilos each. So, um, and it's also, a, let's say, a piece of art. And each of them, each of the, uh, each of the medals is a, is a little bit different. Each of them is a, is original. So it is not just sport, but uh, something as we call totally zerska, totally experience for all participants. We want to bring the participants and keep them for the three days in a very special atmosphere. So they meet Yezerska everywhere. They, they can choose out of a big variety of, uh, of activities and festivities what they, what they can experience. And they, then they return to, um, to a daily life uh, with, uh, with a really positive experience and they like to return. I mean, that is true. I mean, your event is really uh, a unique, uh, one of its kind. And what I find really interesting is that it's in between the Scandinavian races that are, of course, in the latter part of the season, and then the Central European ones, and they all have their own vibe. But you are kind of like in the middle, which I find like, really interesting. I mean, a little bit of a Central European uh, feel to it, but maybe step towards the uh, kind of the Scandinavian. It's like a bridge between these two different kind of mini tours per se mm -hmm. it's definitely true uh, not just geographically but uh, but also with the, the czech republic is a is a crossroad in the very center of europe that uh, accepts uh, influences from all the surrounding countries so yeah it's definitely true because and 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 we are trying to impose the the this Czech feeling, this Czech culture and nature, also in in the event uh, in in the ways that we we can we can do it. Yeah. So I definitely agree. And then the course, of course, you touched upon that a little bit by saying you know that you climb up and that the conditions change. But please walk us through the uh, the course because there are still people that haven't 
done your race and have heard a lot about it and it is a tough race all the pro team athletes say that it is one of the toughest ones because of those uh, climbs that you have there yeah i think that for for the elites it definitely has to be a tough uh, tough race because they have to go at the full pace but uh, if you're a hobby skier then of course you can choose your own pace you can you know uh, watch the nature you know take a break take a picture uh, it just depends on you how, how you how you take the race and if i should guide you through the race so, so the first part of the race uh, first let's say 11 or 12 kilometers uh, is a climb up uh, up to the highest point at the track which is uh, 1000 meters above the sea level and uh, it's on the 11th kilometer there is also a, a climb uh, in in ski classics um, so and then then you descend and and you really uh, Go deep into the into the uh, forests of uh, of Fizerské hory, and then you run through the most protected area in the natural reserve uh, of uh, of Fizerské hory. Then there is uh, like a half of the track, but it's not really a half in kilometers wise, but it's 23rd or 22nd kilometer. It's Izerska. It's a really distant, small village uh, which used to be uh, famous for glassworking. And uh, and then you uh, then you go uh, straight 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 uh, under under the last hill that expects uh, that that waits for you, and uh, the climb is really tough. I think that in the in the steepest parts it's like uh, eleven or fifteen uh, percent uh, climb, uh, but it's the last one, and then you descend uh, towards the finish. And what I like especially uh, at Yezerska. I think it's not really favored by the elite, but uh, by the hobbies is that uh, the last one and a half kilometer, you basically go downhill. So you just go to the finish uh, in quite a good shape, uh, quite a good condition after, uh, after, those, after this descent. So let's listen to our pro team athletes and, and find out what they say about the course and the atmosphere we just talked about. Hello, Morten Eidefedersen, team captain uh, from uh, Team Nordic Athlete. Now we are thinking about, or going to talk about Jisariska uh, Padisatska, uh, one of my favorite races. It was my first race that I won in uh, Wisma Ski Classics, also the first one I reached the podium. After that, that have been like one of my big, uh, big events and uh, really... Um, I'd like to get back to Gisarska and Abedjusho. Really nice area, uh, pretty small, but still uh, famous for this big race and skiing around in uh, pretty small tracks, like in the woods, both flat and hilly. And uh, I think it suits me because you don't have only the flat parts, but the longer uphills, uh, especially in the beginnings and uh, halfway in the track, it's easier to get away from a big group and make a getaway making the race instead of just staying in a group and waiting for sprints you need to have uh, i think it's important to have a pretty good capacity to do well especially when uh, the speed are high during the race and also the atmosphere around the race are uh, very nice uh, organization are uh, very good and making everything uh, really set up for us, uh, both the racers and the amateurs during the competition. Going kind of back to the future side of things, uh, you touched upon that a little bit uh, by saying that you have so many, so many plans. But in the long run, where do you would 
what do you see or what would you like to see Yiserska in terms of the long distance events in the world? Uh, well, as I said, it's really hard to plan right now in these conditions because we uh, no no one knows what the what the uh, coming years uh, bring. But uh, the the vision of Izerska uh, is to to remain it uh, to 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 keep it as a top winter event, not only in the Czech Republic but uh, also in whole uh, Central European region. Uh, part of the vision is to develop it into more than three days, maybe into a whole week and make a whole skiing uh, week uh, in, in the Isera Mountains in the very center of Europe, which, as I said, is very well reachable from uh, other countries, not only in the Central Europe, but also abroad, because it's very close to, to, the, to the international airport. And uh, also to develop it uh, in, the, in terms of uh, the accompanying activities, the festivities, etc. Uh, but the very most important thing is to uh, give the joy of skiing to all the participants that bring and give them really special experience that uh, boosts them and motivates them to, go, to, to do sport regularly, not only in winter, but also, also in summer and so to... Uh, remain healthy and uh, maintain you know good condition good shape and now you are also part of the new initiative uh, within Visma Ski Classics which is the Grand Classics four races the four classic the ground jewels as many call them that must help as well well, we will see what it we will see what it brings to us. We we really promise a lot uh, from it in terms of uh, bringing uh, interesting name uh, at the, the elite starting list and also uh, a bigger promotion, especially in Scandinavia, but also in in the other countries where Acer Sky is live broadcasted thanks to Ski Classics. Uh, so yeah, we are looking forward to to be uh, a part of uh, of uh, Grand Classics. And there are uh, three other events, the two classic uh, Scandinavian ones, Spirke Benerenet, Vasalopet, and then, of course, Italian one, uh, Machelonga. And now you guys, it's, uh, it's a good company. Yeah, it's an excellent company. We're really, really uh, honored by being part uh, of uh, the, the, the same group of races, uh, our you know, friend, friendly races, because we all know each other uh, among the organizers and uh, we keep our fingers crossed for us because it's not a competition. We're we're uh, we're friends. We're cooperating. Uh, we're cooperating a lot. Speaking of Visma Ski Classics and the kind of the future, what would you like to see taking place uh, in the Pro Tour? Any other developments, uh, enhancements, things like that, that you would be interested in seeing? Uh, I think uh, in the development of uh, Ski Classic, it's, it is very important to acquire uh, pro teams uh, from as much countries as, as possible, because this is a, a way to make it into the media in these countries, because uh, all country, uh, country fellows like to see how successful their representatives are. So, uh, so th this, this is something that uh, really think, I think is, uh, is important for Ski Classics. Uh, I think that uh, since the winter is quite full, so the, the, the number of races uh, between 11 and 13 is uh, quite optimal uh, for, for the season. So I think in the, this, these terms, uh, it's, um, there's not, not much space for development. And uh, what I think is also important is to make the races 
uh, television-wise as interesting as possible, you know, with the special events, slow motion, you know, and this uh, this is, uh, I think that there are many opportunities what the, what the future will bring in terms of technical development of uh, the TV technique. So uh, those are the things. I think also uh, it is important to, have as big reach as possible, but it uh, it's uh, it's connected with what I said before uh, to reach as many countries as possible and to make uh, from ski classics the the main uh, winter uh, winter event also television wise in the uh, in in Europe, which quite works in the Czech Republic because in Czech Republic there are uh, all races uh, live televised on the on the. Czech television and they score really nice viewership so there is uh, it shows that it's really attractive for the TV viewers in the Czech Republic but it's uh, of course also thanks to the fact that there are like four or five different teams uh, uh, battling in the in ski classics Czech teams sorry yeah yeah so cross-country skiing is very popular in your country at the moment Yes, it definitely is there is uh, there's around uh, 1.8 million of people who during the winter period who uh, who during the winter period uh, do cross-country skiing at least once a month so it's uh, it's nearly 20 percent of the population including also the very youngs and the very old so it's it's really great number since you are working for so many different events and uh, most of them <laughs> are summer events actually is there a chance for us, meaning Visma Ski Classics, to expand into kind of that arena, to be a year-round tour or year-round activities? Because, of course, right now, cross-country skiing is a winter sport. But there are options to do something in the summer as well. Uh I have to admit that I have never thought about it, but uh, I definitely think it is because uh, running, especially... Uh, Running is very popular, I think, all around Europe, at least in the Czech Republic, it really is. And it's still growing a lot. And people are looking for a new experience. And uh, the the runs in the nature, the the trail runs, let's say, can provide them with, you know, what they can offer with them. And I I think it's pretty close to the the cross-country skiing. Uh, a lot of the cross-country skiers, they either uh, ride a bike or, or a run during the summer uh, because there are not many opportunities in the Czech Republic to go on the uh, wheel skis. Uh, so, um, yeah, definitely, there definitely is space for some kind of series uh, of natural runs uh, uh, throughout the Europe, I think, because as far as I know, there is nothing like that uh, at this moment. And then what about the roller skiing? You just mentioned the uh, skis with wheels, uh, which yeah. might be kind of difficult to do in your country, but there are roller ski races oh, yeah, that that's... our uh, pro team athletes uh, participate uh, on a regular basis. Yes, there are also in the, they are in, also in the Czech Republic uh, that there, there's a couple of races, but uh, there are some races for 100 or 200 participants. You know, not, nothing really big. But if you take a look, for example, at the Prague Marathon, which is city running, which is different from you know cross country skiing and, and, and natural running, and, uh, uh, there are like 11,000 participants, and it's uh, full one month after full capacity, one, one month after it opens registrations. And also with the natural running, it's it's really way much way more popular than uh, the roller skiing in the Czech Republic because there is not many there are not many options with uh, 
um, a clean tarmac, you know, to make the make make the roller skiing or wheel skiing. Skiing, yeah. So if um, people would like to come to your place, because there are still a lot of people, a lot of people know about your event and they know about the atmosphere, the things that we just talked about. But what would you like to say to those people? What was kind of your, if I may say, sales pitch to those uh, people listening to this uh, somewhere imp- else? Mm-hmm. Uh, important is to say that we uh, not only focus on, on the on the males and or uh, females itself, but we uh, we are an event for all the family. There is a part of the a part of Kizerska Parisanka. There are seven different races, not just the 50k, but also the race for children. Uh, very popular is uh, a 10k race, uh, which we first started in 2017, and in 2019 and 2020 it was the first race uh, to be sold out, uh, and which is for the whole families. And there are a lot of children participating in there. Uh, there are, you know, not only classic races, but also 30k for uh, the, the the skating. Uh, so it is a it is a is, is an event for the whole family and for the for the people coming from abroad. I think it is important that, uh, as I said, it is a really good starting point uh, to discover whole the Czech Republic. Its natural beauties, uh, its uh, culinary, its its kitchen, uh, its beers and drinks, and all the hospitality. Uh, we are very happy that uh, the service level improved a lot in the last 10 years, uh, not only in Bajikov, but in all the Czech Republic in terms of uh, accommodation and uh, and, uh, and restaurants and, and offerings. So you can stay in a top class, uh, top class uh, facilities as well as in uh, not so uh, demand and uh, not so uh, financially demanding facilities. There is a wide variety of choices. Also important for people coming from abroad is that the Czech Republic was announced as the fifth safest country in the world. So for for those who might be afraid that uh, we used to be at the east uh, in in the Eastern Bloc, uh, it's uh, now it's we are completely integrated again in uh, in Europe and it's really a very safe uh, safe country. Uh, this is, those are the main things that I would like to say. Uh, yeah, come to Czech Republic, come to Izerska, ski in the race, and discover discover the natural and uh, cultural beauties of the Czech Republic. Going a little bit back to that, what you just said that you have so many different events, and it seems to me that this is a kind of a trend that a lot of events they have the main race, but then they have all kinds of sub events or uh, smaller events. Is that important? Uh, for the organization to to kind of expand that way uh, yes it really is because uh, we want to keep the customers that we have uh, for the for, for as long as possible so you you have to take into account when the uh, it's going to be 50, uh, it's like 53 54 years old uh, so there are people who used to be able to ski 50k but uh, at one moment uh, they are not able, you know, because of the health problems, etc., and because they're getting older and older, uh, participate in the 50k race. So we can offer them uh, 25, and they can run for maybe five or ten more years and enjoy the atmosphere. On the other end, uh, there is the 10k race, which should be a key uh, to the heart of uh, young skiers, young potential skiers, the grassroots of skiing. Uh, for for the love of uh, for the love in uh, in cross country skiing, so th- this is uh, or the children races. There are 
taking place in the in the atmosphere of the big race, you know, so the, the kids can experience the big race with all the winners uh, at the podium, logos and big prizes and uh, etc. So those are the ways how we uh, develop the young skiers to to also come to Izerskam and they turn uh, twenty or so. So and uh, also in uh, these busy times where every every one of us uh, spends a lot of time uh, at work it is important to spend time with your family as well so this is what we want to offer so if you are a father of uh, two children and of, of a wife which is, who is not too happy for you being in uh, in work too much you can take all of them bring them to Bedrikov, you know and uh, you can ski 50k kids can take part in the uh, in the kid children races all of you can participate in the 10k and your wife can run 25k or something like that so we we enable the families to spend time together or a group of friends it is also also a very good uh, opportunity for the friends to spend uh, time together um, with skiing and with uh, beer and other activities apart from skiing so quality time is pretty much what you guys are seeking and in terms of that and as a kind of a last question what would you like the the people to say to their friends when they go back after they've done Yeserska they go back home be it in your country or somewhere else what should they tell their friends uh, it's been phenomenal next year you have to come with me <laughs> that's very snappy and good thank you very much David that was really great to have a chat with you and also learn a little bit about yourself and, and it really seems to me and it sounds that you guys are on, on the right track everything is really going well over there and of course we hope that everything will go well for the next season as well <clears throat> we'll see what's going to happen but thank you once again uh, David and I'm really excited to see you guys again and be being there uh, once again to commentate the uh, the event, your race. Uh, thank you for the, for your wishes. Thank you for the opportunity to be part of this show. And uh, also, uh, I would like to say goodbye to uh, all the listeners. And I hope to uh, see you, Temu, and also as much as uh, the, uh, the listeners as possible at the Zerska next year. Um, it is a special date also because uh, it takes part in uh, on February uh, 14, so it's the Saint Valentine's, so it's going to be a special day uh, for all of us. This podcast is a W Sports Media production.